Well, hello, teachers, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. My name is Caitlin Mitchell, and I am your host. In today's episode, we have a fabulous interview with Melissa from Reading and Writing Haven, and she is one of my friends from our online teacher world who just knows her stuff when it comes to vocabulary. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode and to the strategies that she uses, but more more importantly, just her whole approach to teaching vocabulary. So if this is something that you've struggled with in the past, or you're just looking to really revamp your current vocabulary strategy, this is definitely the episode for you. What's great too is that Melissa has an awesome blog post with more ideas, things that you can use and take immediately and implement into your classroom with your current vocabulary instruction. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in to today's episode. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. All right, teachers. Well, I am here with Melissa from Reading and Writing Haven. We are going to be talking all about vocabulary today, and I'm so excited and just honored that Melissa agreed to come on the podcast with us and share just her incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to vocabulary instruction. So welcome, Melissa. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Anytime. You're welcome anytime on the podcast for anything you want to talk about. <laughs> um, that could be so, a lot of things. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> we'll have you on multiple times throughout the year. Um, so before we start, so that teachers maybe who haven't heard of you before could get to know you just a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, and really how you came to love vocabulary instruction? Sure. So I have taught high school and middle school ELA for 11 years. And um, then I switched over to the role of an instructional coach. And so now I'm at the junior high level working with all different content areas, which is fun actually for vocabulary too, because vocabulary fits in with so many different content areas. Um, and I do also teach one day a week a course for future readiness. So a large part of my role has to do with teaching vocabulary for that course. And I feel like um, for the first probably five years of my teaching career, vocab took a back seat to reading, writing, grammar, you know, like the bigger players mm -hmm. in ELA. And I think a lot of that was because one, I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> and two, um, the strategies that I, I was using because that's how vocab was taught at the time were just not effective, which was I gave them 20 words on a Monday and then they had to just do worksheets or um, activities with those words on their own outside of school. And mm -hmm. then there was a quiz like yeah, a week sure. or two later on a Friday. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was not enjoyable for me at all. And it definitely wasn't enjoyable for the kids. And I kind of got to a point where I realized that vocabulary, it penetrates grammar and writing and reading, and it also either ne negatively or positively impacts um, students' excitement about those things, mm -hmm. right? If we can mm -hmm. get them to appreciate words, then we're also 
getting them to see like, look, I can use these words in writing. These mm -hmm. words are in the books that I'm reading in my independent reading books. And so um, when I started to see that kids benefited from differentiated vocabulary, from strategies that were brain-based and interactive, things that we could do in class, then it started really being rewarding for me. And I started prioritizing, you know, let, I think we need to make time for this in class because it really is, it shouldn't be taking the back seat that it was. Absolutely. And it shouldn't just be taking the seat of do this at home and we'll take a test right. next week type thing. Um, right. And I totally fell into that same category that you were talking about the first couple of years that you taught when I taught high school. It really was like I was just trying to survive each day and make sure that I could yeah. teach the reading that we would go. It was like, oh my gosh, so stressful. And so vocabulary really yeah. was kind of just, you know, that last thing I needed to take care of. And mm -hmm. kind of, I had the same experience as you. And I started to shift my perspective around vocabulary and the importance of it and how I could mm -hmm. include it into my actual classroom in a realistic way. Things really right. changed for me. They changed, it changed for the mm -hmm. kids and it was just an all around mm -hmm. benefit for everybody. Um, right. so that's cool that we kind of had the same experience. And I think yeah. a lot of teachers maybe listening are where we were right now yes. and that this right. episode will really help them. Yeah. I think teachers who have been in the classroom for a while and they're just looking for a refresh button. And then also the new teachers who are just overwhelmed with trying to figure out, you know, all these different things and, and what needs prioritized and how to do that. So hopefully, hopefully the ideas will be helpful. Yes. I think they will be based on your blog posts are fabulous. So, <laughs> um, so you. first let's talk about like how you would teach vocabulary in your classroom. Do you have a vocabulary book that you're required to use? How many words do you introduce to each students each week? Things like that. Um, well, it's changed quite a bit. I've tried a lot of those different things. The only time I used a vocab book, um, was when I did Greek and Latin roots which that was fine. Not my favorite way to do vocabulary. Um, I have used a book, um, Yo Mama Vocabulary Builder, um, a while ago. It's an older book. But now I feel like the most success that I have with vocabulary is when I introduce one word a day. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's usually over a two week time period. I try to go for like eight words total mm -hmm. for a unit, which is a lot fewer words than right. I think most people incorporate in a vocabulary list. But I think that is key mm -hmm. because it's that whole idea of going deeper and really making more connections with the fewer words rather than the surface level memorization of 20 words on a list. Yes. Um, and then that second week, my approach is I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they get a new word. And then Thursday is usually a day that's dedicated to reviewing, obviously not the whole class, but during the vocab portion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on like the Friday, I would give a quiz over those eight words. And so great. That's and then great. I try to spiral back in words from old lists. Excellent. So you have, you do five words the first week on those five days, three mm -hmm. words the second week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, review Thursday, yeah. test Friday. I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of like building in each day with your discussion of that mm -hmm. word, like, oh, this relates to the other word or this is different mm -hmm. from the other word. Sure. So then how um, does it work in terms of where do you get your vocabulary words? Do you pull them from the pieces of literature that you're reading? It really is a combination. So if I'm in the middle of a literature unit, I'll try to incorporate words from that. Um, otherwise, I really like using ACT and SAT words because not just for test prep purposes, but because those words are in the books that students read independently. Mm -hmm. And when I started using those words specifically, 
uh, kids would come to me and they would say, oh, I saw this word in, in this book that I'm reading. And that was fun because it seemed more relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think, I do think it's important to be picking words that are in context. So if you're reading stories, definitely using words from those stories is helpful. But there are times during the year where you might not be reading a whole class text. Mm-hmm. And so then I think, you know, words that have common roots or words that are ACT, SAT words are helpful. Sure. Sure. That's great. And you can find a lot of those words even online without having Mm -hmm. to go buy a book or something like that. So if someone wanted to maybe start implementing this in their classroom, that's what they could do. Mm -hmm. And so really- Yeah. And actually like Blocabulary, I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. heard of that, but they have research-based word lists too, which is really a really good resource if you're not sure where to start. Perfect. Okay. So all for everyone listening, Flocabulary, I'll put that in the show notes for you guys. So you can click on that link and go check that out. Is it totally free? I can't remember. I haven't used it in a while. The word lists are free, okay, but great. not all of the activities. No. Perfect. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's great. So you introduce, you do the eight words, you do the review, you do the test. And then, so I'm wondering when you are introducing the words and when you are, you know, really incorporating them into your lessons and into your students' writing. So how do you kind of make that gap for students for these are the words we're learning? Well, now how do we incorporate those words into their writing? Yeah. So um, I like to incorporate just with regular vocab practice activities, opportunities for students to write about things like school. So like apply this word to something like one of your classes for school or um, a gallery walk where you have anchor charts around the room. And today for our vocab review, let's just take turns walking around to each of these anchor charts where we have a vocab word and just write some sentences. They can build on to each other's stories using the word. Um, and then rafts, R-A-F-T-S, which are pretty, um, they're not a new thing, but I don't think we always think to use them with vocabulary. Those can be really fun ways for students to practice using their words too. You just give them a role, the, an audience topic and a, a format. So like they choose the row that they want to choose, um, which I think that choice they really enjoy. So like if they're a principal writing to the student body about um, misbehavior in the lunchroom (laughs) using the word surreptitious, uh, I think that (laughs) (laughs) that's something that they find engaging. Absolutely. Sure. And you have a whole blog post about that specific strategy that I just read um, for yes. rafts that I can share with everybody too in the show notes yes. as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that seems like a great way that is relevant to them. It's interesting to them. And they're mm-hmm. actually practicing using the word in context because they feel like mm-hmm. so much of the time we can teach vocabulary words to death and they don't, mm-hmm. our students just can't make that they can't bridge that gap of then incorporating Mm -hmm. it into their writing in the proper way. Like we Mm -hmm. see them try to do it, which is great. And we can appreciate that, but we really want to bring it full circle for them. Right. And if you have like a reader's notebook too, that would be a a good way to ask them to be writing about those words, just like daily Mm -hmm. in your reader's notebook, like in your response that you do today, make sure to include one of your vocab words. Sure. Absolutely. Something cool that we did at one of the schools that I worked at is I would collaborate. It was a small school. So there was just one social studies teacher for middle school, one religion. I was a Catholic school, one religion teacher for middle school, Mm -hmm. one science teacher, et cetera. And so I would meet with all the teachers on Monday and give them our five words for the week. And if Mm -hmm. any student used one of our words in 
one of their other classes, they got like an extra credit point toward that class or something. So it was very oh, like that. minimal, you know, it wasn't a big deal extra credit point, but it was mm-hmm. the idea of the extra credit point that was really cool. And so that yeah, and the transfer all of us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it was cool mm-hmm. to hear back from the other teachers. Hey, so-and-so used this word in my class. And it just became this mm-hmm. whole kind of community effort in putting this mm-hmm. importance around vocabulary and how important words are, right? In in yes. everyday life all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, very yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. So then moving on to the next question that I have that I think kind of relates to this is how do we go about making vocabulary words more about retention and it really becoming a part of our vocabulary as opposed to just that, you know, memorization of the word definition, take the test and forget it ever existed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think part of the answer to that is reducing the number of words and so that you really can focus more on the individual words on your list. But I think another way that you can do that too is by building in meaningful ways for students to interact with the words so that they are making brain-based connections with them, right? So rather than giving students a crossword puzzle, let's say, to practice their words or having them just write traditional flashcards for the words with the word on one side and the definition on the other. If we can give them as many opportunities as possible to categorize their words, to think of examples, not examples, to think about what that word represents symbolically, Mm -hmm. even like what color would symbolize the mood of this Mm -hmm. word. Um, If you were to give your word a job, what job would be fitting for it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when you give students the opportunities to dig into their word and make those connections, how much more engaged they are. The other day I was working with an ELA teacher and we, she and I got together and they have a, students have a word wall, which I highly recommend having a student, uh, well, having the students contribute to the word wall, right? So they had come up with like pictures for the words. They had prioritized from a list which words they wanted to see featured on the word wall. And so the task for that day was they were supposed to have a conversation for two minutes using all of the words and their topic was they were stranded on a desert island, right? (laughs) So the teacher, this is seventh grade students, the teacher and I just scaffolded their understanding of that by creating an example video. She and I just got together and created this two minute video of us Mm -hmm. using all of those same words in a conversation about shopping, which, um, they love. I'm sure. So, and it it was just really fun walking around and listening to them because you could tell based on their conversations, there were like two of the words that they struggled more with using in their speaking, which Mm -hmm. was super telling. She and I didn't have to grade anything, but Mm -hmm. we just knew, okay, so like these two words, if we're expecting them to use these in their writing and speaking, they're not quite ready to do that. So we can focus on those two words going forward. That's great. I love that. I haven't heard of anything like that before. I think that would be so fun for the kids. That's very yeah, cool. I really think they love it. So, and I think that's one way to tell whether or not your vocab instruction is working is if the kids are not engaged, it's time to try something else. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. Right. I think a lot of the times mm-hmm. we um, can struggle with changing things and, you know, doing things mm-hmm. differently or, or reflecting on our practice truly honestly with ourselves and right. saying to ourselves like, Hey, look, this isn't working. We need to do something mm-hmm. else. Um, and, right. and it's okay for that to happen. That actually is a great growth opportunity for you to be an mm-hmm. even better teacher. It, 
it doesn't say anything negative about your teaching practice at all. No. And I think that's like our whole focus right now, at least, at least in my building is just focusing on how our students responding to the lesson. So, Mm -hmm. and and what does that mean as far as how we're teaching vocab? Right. Right. That's great. So kind of going along with that fun vocabulary idea that you just shared, what other fun ways do you have or ideas that let's say I'm a listener and I could take back to my classroom tomorrow or today, even if I'm listening to this on my way into school um, for incorporating vocabulary in a meaningful way? Right. Well, I do think it needs to be daily, number one. And it does, um, like if you are going to do the one word a day, you could just follow up that one word a day with one activity, right? And you can almost have it on like a rotating basis. You use maybe the same eight activities within in your unit. Um, just so that if you, if you're just starting out, that might be less overwhelming, but you're probably going to build up a lot of different (laughs) things. So, um, one thing you could do is after the kids have all the words, you could have them prioritize the words from the words that they think are most important to be able to use in speaking and writing in life to the least important. And just not that any of them are not important, but just that process of them prioritizing, um, brings them to a higher level of thinking with their words. Mm -hmm. You could also have students play true truth true truths and a lie or three truths and a lie, however many truths you want there to be. But you give them an example of like three true statements or two, two true statements about a vocab word and then a lie and you have them pick out um, which one is a lie and then they can create their own version and quiz one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done, one thing I've done that kids really like is if you have them stand up in two rows facing one another and you just tell them, okay, for the next 30 seconds, I want you to use the word haughty in a conversation about the Packers playing the Chicago Bears, right? So that's like the huge rivalry where, where I am, where the Chicago Cubs playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, and just talk for 30 seconds. And then you say, okay, 30 seconds is up, rotate, everybody slide down, three people to your right or something. And you give them a different word in another 30 seconds. And that's super interactive. It gives them quick practice with multiple words on their list. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. And then another one, just like a, I could go on for a while, so you can cut me off. No, but no you can keep what? going. I love it. <laughs> You're like, okay, this podcast no. is 20 minutes. That's not two fine. Hours. Nope, keep going. Give us more. Give us more. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you read like a short narrative lead from a young adult book. So you could do this if you do first chapter Fridays, or if you're just doing a book talk and you're trying to advertise the beginning of a book that's engaging, you could just say, okay, from this paragraph, I just read you, um, what words on your list would you apply to it and why? And you could do the same thing with children's books too. I think middle and high school students appreciate a good picture book. If you just read a couple pages Mm -hmm. and talk about a connection. So yeah, there's tons and tons and tons of ideas on my blog for stuff like that. Great. So we'll link that up for our listeners too, so they can go look at a bunch of them. And I have to tell you, when you were talking about the two truths and a lie, I actually read your blog post last year and I did Mm -hmm. that with my kids and they absolutely just had a blast with it. It was so fun and they made me laugh and everyone was super engaged. It was just a really great, easy activity that really had kind of Um, just brought more life to our vocabulary instruction. So I loved that. And that's a great, easy one to do. Yes. Um, Okay. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. No, your, your blog posts are very, very helpful. So I'm excited to send our listeners over there. Um, So I just have two other questions for you as we kind of come to the end. Can you talk to us about differentiation? So if we have students that 
you know, do you give all of your students the same words? And if you give them different words, how do you go about testing them and incorporating that into your instruction, things like that? Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time I do give a lot of them the same word list, but we do have um, a, an ELA class in our building right now, which is, uh, it's a special type of ELA class. So it, it is not, there's no tracking at all. So you've got co-taught kids, you have special ed kids, you've got at-risk kids, you've got accelerated kids all in the same class. So one thing we're working on right now in that class is differentiating the word lists and giving them different words to work on. And I think that um, one way that you can do that is by each day. So students have the list of the five to 10 words that you want to give them for one or two weeks. And each day, instead of introducing a new word on that list, you just have the same activity that everybody is working on with a different word list. Mm -hmm. And so we have used Mrs. Wordsmith, which is really good if you're doing anything with narrative writing, because it's got a lot of fun adjectives and things like that that kids can use in their writing. And we've also done lists from Flocabulary with that because it does divide it up by grade level. So you can kind of differentiate for students' readiness levels easily mm-hmm. with those word lists. Mm-hmm. And sure. I think that, that that's been interesting. Um, yeah. I would suggest trying it if you've never tried it before. And if you have a class of students who they really, they really would benefit from, some of them need to be challenged more and some of them need more scaffolding. Yeah, I think that, and that's great because I think it still makes it doable for the teacher if you just Mm -hmm. have different lists of words, but kids are doing the same Mm -hmm. activity on that day. Mm -hmm. So you're just differentiating the word, which makes differentiation. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like it scares some of us and how do we do that Mm -hmm. in a way that's really Mm -hmm. meeting our kids where they are. And I think that that really makes it accessible for us and, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot more helpful for our students as well. So that's cool. And I do think when it comes to giving kids different words, sometimes we think every kid in a class needs to have a different word list. And that is overwhelming. I wouldn't, (laughs) I would think about like tiering it more Mm -hmm. so tiering it, right? Like if you have three or four different groups and then one easy way to assess that is just with a raft. So if you're going to have them choose a different way to use all of those five words in writing, whether or not they can do that with the words on their list and in context, using them correctly. That would sure. be sure. And then you just have to read their one little paragraph that they've written right. with those five or 10 words that you gave them. And that's their assessment. That's their assessment. Awesome. Right. I yep. love that. Um, so as we kind of wrap up towards the end, do you have any last thoughts, any last things that you want to share, last takeaways for us or anything that I didn't ask you that you want to cover? Um, I just feel like it needs to go back to remembering There are different tiers of words, right? So all these things that we've been talking about are for tier two words. Mm -hmm. And so they don't really apply to, in ELA, you also have words that are like um, thesis statement, right? right? And and those type of words that are more academic based. So these apply better for tier two words. And then I also think just remembering, so what we're talking about is getting kids to remember words and actually learn them versus memorizing them. But the ELA standards do specifically ask teachers to, you know, work on um, context clues and connotation versus denotation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and identifying the difference between adverse and adversely. And so that's a whole nother conversation Mm -hmm, to be thinking about. So like remembering words is huge and that's a big victory, but also remembering when we're doing vocab to be coming back to the standards, I think 
is important too. Yes. Yeah. Just another layer of being an ELA teacher, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Hilarious. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. I really feel like this was helpful and I'm going to set up a special link for all of our listeners to take them to a specific blog post that you have where you have basically all of your other blog posts broken down so they can kind of click out from there to anything that's specific to what they're looking for. Um, So I'll include that for them um, at the end of our show notes and the other link that I had mentioned earlier for vocabulary. And then I have five kind of like fast questions for you that we're just asking all of our interviewees from now on. So you're just going to say the first word that, or the first thing that comes to mind, first answer that comes to mind. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just more fun than anything. Okay. Ready? All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Number one, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Fiji. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> I have Far no desire warm. to go there because of the flight. I'm so afraid of flying. I don't think I could handle it. Maybe in the future we'll see. <laughs> oh, I think it would be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite month of the year? Ooh, December. It's my birthday. You can't mm, beat Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Mine's May because it's my birthday too. I think everyone will probably answer their birthday month on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I should have picked a summer month. Can I redo it? July. (laughs) (laughs) When you can just relax, right? And enjoy our summers that we earned. What is your favorite lunch item that you bring to school? Oh, okay. This is weird, but (laughs) vegetables. Like I love to bring vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Any specific type of vegetables or just whatever seasonal? Um, I think whatever seasonal, but raw. Like I like to just snack on raw vegetables. I may be the only uh, <laughs> podcast interviewee who ever says that. So, <laughs> do you like dip it in anything, or you just? Oh no! Oh no. my gosh! Okay, <laughs> that's like another level of eating vegetables. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> okay, oh. now, number four. What is the last book that you read? Um, uh, oh, I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm-hmm. What did I read? Book, read? Oh, um, The False Prince. Did Have you, you share about that? Prince? No, I haven't. Did you share about it on Instagram though? No. Yes, I yes, did. Okay. Yes, I thought I, did. I saw that. And yes. It's, it's amazing. If your students love, um, well, it's, what would I compare it to? Kind of, it's it's a little bit dystopian, but it's got like a um, like a medieval, not medieval, but like a castle type okay. royalty story to it. It's cool. really, really good. Really okay. Good. What's it called? The yeah. Last Prince. The False. The prince. False Prince. The False Prince. And it's okay. a trilogy. Yep. Okay. Cool. I'm writing that down right now. After we get off the podcast interview, I will write that down and I'll add that to my <laughs> list. Um, and then okay. last one, number five. If you weren't a teacher, what would you do? Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. I know this is not rapid fire. I love being a teacher though. Um, mom, I would be a mom. I love that. That's so great. I am a mom, but you I would probably, if I couldn't teach, I would probably full-time mom. Yeah. Good for you. I don't know that I could do that. It's being a mom is very difficult and I only have one. It's so it is, hard. but there are very few things in life that I would walk away, you know, like spend time away from being a mom to do and teaching is probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that says a lot about you as a teacher that you can't even, you know, you're like, I just love teaching so much. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's great. 
So sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Totally. Well, thank you so much. I love those answers. Very good. Um, well, thank you, Melissa. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and spending part of your Sunday with me. We recorded this on a Sunday, but it will be airing on a Tuesday. Um, and yeah, we just appreciate it. Where can we find you? So we're listening to you. We love you. Where can we learn more from you? Oh yeah. Well, definitely my blog, um, stop by and, uh, you can contact me on there whenever you want, but mainly I'm on Instagram. That's my biggest social media, uh, platform right now, but I'm also on Twitter and, um, Facebook at reading and writing Haven. So I would love to chat with you if you have, uh, ELA questions or if you just want to chat about vocabulary. Perfect. I love it. So reading and writing Haven basically everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay. Well, I will include all of those links in um, the podcast show notes for our listeners as well so they can easily find you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. I really appreciate you spending your day with me. Yeah, I was honored. Thank you. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Melissa from Reading and Writing Haven. I know I had such a great time recording it with her and talking about vocabulary and just different ways that we can incorporate it into our classrooms in fun and engaging ways for our students. So to head over to her blog post and then be taken to all of her other blog posts that have to do with specific topics within uh, vocabulary instruction, you can go to ebacademics.com forward slash Melissa podcast. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash Melissa podcast. And that will take you right to her blog post where you can go learn all kinds of other things. She has a bunch of different great ideas that you can use for vocabulary instruction. Now, before we go today, I do want to let you know one thing that we are really excited about. If you haven't seen yet, we have officially opened the doors to enrollment for our EB Teachers Club. Now, this is a monthly middle school English language arts teacher membership. And each month we provide you with grade level specific ELA lesson plan bundles that are engaging, that are fun, that are focused on specific common core state standards for for ELA. We also have teacher trainings that work in conjunction with each month's topic. So October is all about descriptive writing. We have these amazing lesson plans that are focused on haunted houses and students using descriptive writing and diction um, and syntax and all kinds of just awesome ways to teach the Common Core State Standards for ELA during this month of October. And the teacher training that we've included with this bundle is all about descriptive writing and how to get your students to really show, not tell what the scene is or what's happening in their story or in the scene that they're writing about. So it's a really cool lesson plan bundle. In addition to that, you also get two free extra downloads each month. You have access to a wealth of bonus resources as an EB Teachers Club member. But most importantly, you have access to our EB Insiders community on Facebook. So this is a Facebook group where all of our EB teachers congregate, we share ideas, we support each other, and you can ask Jessica and me questions pretty much at any time on any given day, and we will get back to you and really help you in your middle school ELA classroom. So if you're feeling like you you just want a refresh for your curriculum, for what you're teaching, or you just don't have time to do anything and you want someone else to do the legwork for you to give you time back on the weekends or on your weeknights, that is us. Like let us be your virtual ELA coaches because that is what we love doing and that is what we are here for. So 
If you are interested in learning more about the EB Teachers Club, which I'm sure that you are, you can go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership, and you'll get all kinds of other information about what the club entails and how you can go ahead and register and become an EB teacher today. So again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash membership, and our doors are only open for about seven more days, six more days. So make sure that you head over there soon because the doors close on October 21st. So we would love to see you in there and I will see you guys next week on the podcast. Have a good one.